Hey guys, welcome to episode number 50 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hi guys, I'm here with my mommy. She's in town. Oh, fuck. Okay, sorry, that beeping. That was from my stove or my kitchen right now. Um, I'm with my mommy. She's in town from Canada. Say hi, mommy. Hi, mommy. Oh, she's a bit <laughs> nervous to record this podcast with me. Are you a bit nervous? Well, I, I'm not a big fan of of these kinds of things. Mom, you love it. You're such a... Like, I'm blushing. You're blushing, but you're such a drama queen in real life. I guess you're oh, just, like, it's... nervous because you're on record. <laughs> I love that you think I'm a drama queen. You're such a drama queen. You're like Celeste, my sister. Um... <laughs> So I wanted to... You can edit this thing, right? Yes. Okay. But I'm, I like it raw. My okay. listeners like it raw, so that's what they're getting. Um, so I wanted to have my mummy on the podcast. She's in town right now taking care of me because um, I just had surgery last week. And yeah, so I am feeling good. I don't know if you guys listened to my my video with the or my podcast with Lottie, but I kind of went into... I'm getting, or I already got at this point, um, a boob job. So I'm going to be doing more podcasts on that soon. So I won't get too into it. But my mommy came into town to take care of me and all is good. One week later, feeling great. Um, but yeah, my mom is is quite the human. And she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's the one who kind of got me into personal growth when I was 17, um, going through uni. And she gave me the book that literally changed the direction of my life. So I thought we would do a little podcast today to hear her wise words and, yeah, just ask you some questions on, like, life and your wisdom and everything. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah? Yeah, okay. I am. So I think I want to concentrate on the personal growthy stuff because, okay. like, you've gone through a lot. I've gone through a lot. Um, like, when do you think you you went through the most change? Like, you're 53 right now. No, I'm 52. You're 52. 53 in May. Yeah, Sorry, I'm right. really bad with age. I don't even know dad's age. How old's dad? Uh, he just turned 60. Okay, yeah, I knew that. Um, <laughs> so you're 52. When, what years of your life do you go through the most growth? Wow, that's a really loaded question, because I think I went through lots of growth, um, well, obviously, when I was younger, there are moments when you're, you know, pubescent and going into your 20s that you go through a lot of growth when you live on your own. And I lived in different countries. I moved to Europe for a bit when I was younger. So I think the first time that I really had a huge developmental change was when I moved to Europe on my own, lived out of the house and kind of got to know myself. And then I think when I had children was the next time. Yeah. Like when you have kids, everything changes. Life doesn't become just about you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the last real moment of personal growth was when I started getting into personal development. So that was about seven years ago. You're reading the books and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I joined a social marketing business where a lot of it's based on personal development and it got me in and it got me, um, I got addicted to it, not addicted in a bad way, but I got really, that's uh, how I felt. Yeah. Really it's, it's addictive, like yeah, feeling you- good in your skin and like 
like just that feeling of like, I can do anything in the world. You know what I mean? That's such an addictive feeling. It is. And you have to stay on it. It's like anything. You've got to really keep it up. Otherwise, it's really easy to get back into old patterns. So what do you think like you struggled with the most through personal growth? Like, were there stories that you told yourself that you're just like, you know, that's been harder? Because like for me personally, you know, I am really hard on myself. And that's something that I that hasn't really changed um, since I've started the personal growth thing. Like if I'm not like 100% good with my eating this day or I'm not as healthy or didn't work out or something, like I'm really tough on myself. Yeah, there was some, there was some big aha moments, if you will. You know, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this, you and I, you know, uh, your dad and I are both artists mm-hmm. and um, I grew up in a wealthy family and I really rebelled against money. And I didn't really realize that that was so connected to the way that your dad and I were living. And I guess I saw a lot of unhappy, wealthy people. And so for me, it wasn't about the money, though that was the thing that your dad and I would only, that was the only thing we ever really argued about. Yeah. So I've told you guys on the podcast before, like contrary to popular belief, because I was on a show called Made in Chelsea, which likes to kind of make everyone seem really rich. Like I didn't grow up in a rich family. My grandparents had some money, but my my family, my mom and dad, like they're artists and we were always very humble and stuff. So yeah, we weren't, we weren't poor at any rate, but we, we definitely lived a middle-class life. Well, and I think in the UK, middle-class means a bit more wealthy. Well, you put it this way. You, you didn't lack for anything. We didn't lack for anything, but we but definitely I couldn't didn't. do certain things. Oh, like, absolutely. If your grandparents didn't help you out, you weren't doing that. Yeah. If I, I wouldn't have gone to summer camp if mm-hmm. BB didn't pay for it every summer, you mm-hmm. know, like that was really expensive or I wouldn't have gone to that, that absolutely. abroad trip with school or this, not like for sure. Yeah. But um, I guess that still makes me privileged because my family still helped me. But. Sure. But, you know, I think what a, a lot of it for me was like the whole, the whole money, you know, thing. So your relationship with my money. relationship with money was not, um, you know, I used to blame the fact that, you know, we didn't have money on being an artist and living that life when I really had to get rid of the head junk. You know, I embrace financial freedom now because there's so many good things I can do with it. And I ha- I do have friends that have grown up with lots of money like I did that are very functional human beings. And, and they're are, happy. And they're totally happy. But I had this I had this baggage in my head that I didn't realize was as deep as it was. Yeah. That and then also, you know, um, you know, the whole female weight thing. I was always a little bit yeah. of a well, chubby ditto. kid. I, like, I, well, you I've weren't always... like I was, but... But but you still got it, and I hope you didn't get it all from no, me. No, if you did, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you know, maybe women maybe. in general we're so hard on ourselves, and it, it's yeah. just such a fucked up thing. Yeah. Well, like now we both know it probably wasn't like because you know growing up, I remember you being like, "Oh, like I look fat in these jeans or something," and I'd be like, you know, so Celeste and I kind of were like more weight conscious. Yeah. But, but funnily enough, though, when I did start getting my mind together and started losing weight, uh, you guys did not want me to lose weight. You were really? like, oh, you missed the squishy mummy. I remember being like eight years old and you were like, I'm going to lose, like, I'm on a diet. I'm going to lose like 10 pounds. And I was like, no, I want you to be cuddly. Yeah. You did not like that. It was really funny. Oh my It's gosh. okay. I'm still cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> I will always be cuddly. It's so just, have... it's just who I am. And I'm, I'm totally happy yeah. with that now. But you're whatever. Anyway. I want to be healthy. That's, yeah. That, it's all about are. health. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, uh, this is the money thing. Yeah. I totally can see that. How are you like working to kind of get over that? Oh, I'm over it now. Because really obviously do. with I'm your sure new... there's other stuff lingering, but I am so over it. I did a lot of, I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of personal development. I'm kind of, I feel like I've, Im- 
you know, it's always easier to tell other people what to do, but then to do it yourself is a whole other thing. And I, I do coach and train a lot of the people in my team, and it, but then I see myself doing what I would coach them not to do. So I think when it comes to your own personal mm-hmm. self, it's different. And I think the way that I kind of conquer it is by keeping on top of it. You know what? That's so true. Mom, like on this podcast, like I'll do whole podcasts on like morning routines and like how you must do them to feel amazing every day. And it's like the past week, like obviously like I've had surgery, but like I've been, and you know, even the week before, like I've just been stressed about a lot and I haven't been doing it and I just have not been practicing what I preach. And I think the best way for me to like practice what I preach is to keep preaching it and make yeah. it part of my DNA. Absolutely. And, and, and consistency has been the most difficult thing for me in my mm-hmm. personal development journey because like you the morning ritual is super important my whole day has changed when I have it but so what's your morning ritual I want to hear it so my morning ritual is that I get up and I try to get up early so specifics know? what time I before six thirty in a perfect world but it's not always that way but I, in a perfect world I'd be getting up at six thirty seven which is not early like a lot of those big guys, but that's early for me because I'm a night owl. I yeah. like to be up late. So if I get up before seven, I'm really happy. And I will often, I will do meditation first. I use the Headspace app because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really into guided meditation. Um, as a creative person, my mind kind of goes everywhere. So guided really works for me. So I do my guided meditation. I read. I actually follow The Miracle Morning um, by Hal Eldrod, which is a book that I read, and I find that that works for me. So, so what, what is it? What is he so he uses an acronym called SAVERS. So it is silence, meditation, A, affirmations, V is, what does it go for? Visualization, mm-hmm. E, exercise, R, reading, and S, scribing or writing. Mm-hmm. So I will often write my gratitude I will, so I'll wake up, I'll do my meditation. I often read first and then I do some affirmations and I do some visualizations as I'm meditating. After my meditation, I go into a visualization of kind of what I want to feel like and what I want to, you know, you know, experience. experience. Yeah. But also I kind of go to my, my ideal affirmation of the way I feel in my life. And I kind of go through my day, you know, and because your dad and I moved to the country and our backyard ends on this beautiful trail. I mean, ideally if the weather's nice and in a perfect morning ritual, I go for a walk or a bike ride, Mm -hmm. you know, and I love that. I used to do a lot of yoga and I'm going to get back into it. I'm just dealing with some knee issues right now. So it's not so easy. So tell me how long does this usually take minus the exercise, but like how long would your morning routine take? Sometimes it takes, sometimes I'm in a rush. So I'll do half an hour to 45 minutes. Usually I I meditate for 15 minutes. Oh, that's so good. That's it. Just 15 minutes. I think I'm ready to do more Yeah. because I I feel like I want to do more. And I, I have I have the freedom. I've worked for myself my whole life, so yeah. I just have to give myself permission. I, I'm I'm very busy. I always have lots of things on the go, and sometimes I don't give myself the permission yeah. to do the self care that I need to do. Yeah. So how important is that? Like, oh, it's hugely important. But whether I, it's it's not that I'm I'm perfect at it. Yeah. Well, nobody's perfect. No, and I'm trying to get better and better at it. Yeah. But self care is my number one. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm in my fifties. I really realized, like, if I had known about personal growth in my 20s like you did, I have no idea where I'd be now. And there's no point. There's no shoulda, coulda, woulda. But um, I'm happy that I gave gave that to you and your sister. Yeah. You know, I think that's hugely important for anyone out there in their early 20s or even in their teens. To get, a you know, an edge on that young, it will change your life dramatically. So is that something, like, I don't want to say what do you regret because, like, obviously everything. I can't everything, regret anything that's led me to where I am. Exactly. Everything happens for a reason. But if you could go back in time and, like, switch little things like what would you switch so you would you would do the personal growth earlier yeah are there any other life lessons that you wish you knew earlier on oh god there's so many 
Like what? There's so many. Like something about friendships or something. Well, I wouldn't. I would do a lot more not bothering to be friends with people who didn't serve me uh-huh. and, and who were not nice. You know, you always, just try to like always want people well, to like you. I always, you. I, yeah, I'm a, I, I like to please people. I'm a people pleaser. And I was friends with everybody in high school, the losers, the stoners, the cool people, the this people, but I never. You were a stoner. <laughs> from 17 years old. Yeah, I didn't smoke a joint till I was 17 where a lot of my friends were smoking earlier. But yeah, I, I wasn't a drinker. I preferred yeah. um, marijuana. Um, well. Pot. I don't like it, so... Yeah, and that's where we differ. We're not the same. I hate feeling, like, sluggish and, like, I want to eat the world. It's, yeah, like, everything I hate. So all my bad qualities coming out. <laughs> well, you like to be in control. My bad qualities. Overeating, like, not doing work on anything, like, slugging around. It's, yeah. like, my hell. Um, okay, so what would you... Like, what, what are some biggest lessons you learned in your 20s? Like, when you went traveling alone through Europe, like, what are some of the biggest things that you learned? I think I really just got to know who I was as a person. When I first moved away for the first time for a year, and I, I spent a lot of time alone, and, um, you know, crying alone sometimes. Well, because, you know, you always have people around you, but it's just to get kind of learn who you are and to take, you know, um, not responsibility for your life, but just to kind of figure it out. And I loved it. I, I love traveling. I have a passion for traveling, and I look forward to doing a lot more of it. So that just made – I love learning about new cultures and stuff. But I think for me, really exploring the world just opened up so much. It also opened up a lot of different cultures to me, you know, and knowing that we're not all the same. I learned empathy. I learned not to get annoyed by things that weren't the way I liked them. Well, you know what I mean? to get over that still. You know, I think we all get over things when we're ready to or learn to just understand that they're just... You know, I, I, you know, this guy who wrote The Miracle Morning, Hal Elrod, he also has this amazing tool when you're getting frustrated with people and or something bad happens that he gives himself five minutes to get over it because he can't change it. And then that five minutes became too long and he ended up making it five seconds. So when something's really pissing me off and something's making me angry, I just give myself five, ten seconds and then I have to get over it because it doesn't change anything and it won't serve you. Mm. And I think that's the key to the personal growth part is you could only control the way you react to things. But what if someone fucks you over hardcore? Then you can control the way you react to it. If but gonna, what if it really affects you? Well, then that's your control. So if it affects no, you... No, it's not you're your gonna, control because yeah, you are somebody control, else did. You are in control on how it affects you. And if you're going to let it affect you, then that's your problem. Really. You, ha- you have to let certain things go. You can't control what they did. You can only control the way you're going to react to it. And they have more power over you if you're still Okay, so what would you do it. if, like, you know, for example, what would you do then if dad... So my mom and dad have been married for... They've been together for 30 years, married mm-hmm. for 27. And what would you do if dad just, like, cheated on you? Like, obviously, you'd be pissed... But what, yeah. you're just going to take five seconds to like... Well, so that might, be, that, that might take a little longer than five <laughs> seconds. But, you know, I, I can't I can't let things like that... I, I don't know. That's... I don't know. That's what a pretty happen. intense That's thing. a pretty intense that thing. That just would never happen. Dad would never say You can never say, say never. You can never say never. But I doubt it highly. And I hope highly. But <laughs> you I, would never. But, but, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I'd react. But I... 
I don't think anything that big has ever happened to me. Yeah. But I have been hurt by people. Like what? Well, like, you know, the first time I really felt hurt and surprised was when someone told me they didn't like me. Oh my God, really? I, I thought I'm a really likable person. I was like, oh my God, you don't like me? Wait, like, who what? told you this? What, what was well, the I'm not even going to go into people's names and stuff. No, don't say but names. It was like, someone who was a you? very... No, this guy, I was in my early... Probably in my early 40s, and it was a guy who was a really good friend of the family's. He was like an uncle to you guys. Okay. And then one day, and I had helped him and this and that, and he helped me and, and in, our, in, you know, in the studio world. And I, one day, he just told me that I was this, I was that, and, and, he, and he didn't like me and said some things about me. A lot of To which, your face. To my face. But, but Well, I think a lot of it was his own issue, to be honest with you, but there were certain things that he felt taken advantage of. And, you know, like, you know, when you So have, what did you react? I was, I cried. I was in shock. I didn't want him to feel that way. I didn't feel that I was doing that. Um, but there were a few things that he said that probably weren't totally incorrect. And, yeah. And that was really hard. But, like, that was hard for you just to, like, that was a massively hard moment. Somebody saying that. It was, because most know. people like me. And I want to be liked. People want to be liked. They don't want to be disliked. And that was well, really hard. I've been hard. this 20 years younger, Mom, <laughs> after was... being on Made in Chelsea, the amount of hate comments that I got. That's really hard. Oh, yeah. That's it was so really hard. hard. I cried thing. so long, like, for so many hours that, like, when I first joined, yeah. like, having people on the internet hate me. and well, like, Yeah, well, that whole situation was completely different because yeah. it, it's not a realistic portrayal of Oh, anything. exactly. That's true. Yeah. But, but still, they still, they, yeah, I totally get it. And, and that's, um, but that's even worse being like, no, I'm actually not like this. I swear. And it's like, you yeah, know, there's no you know, point yet again, you can only control the way you react to people. You know, yeah. it's like Jack Hanfield's number one success principle. You are 100% responsible for your entire life. So that was the book guys, by the way, that my mom gave me when I was in uni. That you were actually 16 when I gave it to you. Oh, but I didn't read it until I was, yeah. until I was in uni. Yeah. I thought you gave it to me that winter. Or maybe I took it home maybe, or took it yeah. back to uni with me that winter. Um, so it's called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield, and it's literally Bible. Like, it's the Bible. It's and I've given it to so many people. I've told so many people to buy it. If you could buy one personal growth book, like, I fucking wish I got commission on this shit because, like, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> but, like, it is literally the Bible. Like, it's so concise and every point is so clearly written and it's so easy to understand and it's just incredible highly recommend Um, there are a few great books out there so what are your favorite books well there's certain books that i love i I have a bit of a potty mouth let's just say and there's a great book i'm surprised you haven't sworn yet well i think i might have said fuck once but now it just happened it's fine Um, oh my God, why am I blanking? You know what her name is. Um, Mel Robbins? No, I love Mel Robbins. I think she's great. I absolutely do. And and she was wicked to see when she did the conference that I was at recently. But there is, um, come on. She's got a bad name in her, in her, in her book book What's the book about? It's a personal development uh, book and it's hilarious. Oh my God, what is it? The fuck one. Yeah, she's so funny. What is it? Uh, Oh, I need my phone. Uh, be a badass? No, oh, no, um... No. Oh, my god. Oh, my God. Wait, I'm going to okay, look my Audible. On. I think I have one of her books. Oh, come on. Okay, guys. Sorry. This is unbelievable. See, this is what happens during menopause, people. You just you lose your mind. Oh, Jen Sincero? Yes, Jen Sincero. You, you are, are, a, are badass. a badass. That's it. Yeah. I have one of my Audible. Oh, my God. And it's a great Audible, like, Audible book because she narrates it, and she is funny. She's you really funny. You can say fucking funny. She is fucking funny. And the thing is with me is that... And a lot of this personal woo-woo stuff, as I like to call it, that really kind of... It was hard for me at first because I'm not a God person. 
I'm not. I'm a very, I'm a very, I'm a spiritual person. I used to like threaten you guys with karma, not with, not with God. And I think I always used to kind of pretend that I'm, I'm very, you know. You don't pretend. You know, well, you're very I'm a little witch. I'm a little witchy-poo, as I used to say to the kids. And, of yeah. course, because I'm an intuitive mom, I used to scare them by telling them that I knew things. And, no, you've and they were psychics. like, hey, I know that. I, I'm a little woo-woo. Mom, you've had psychics tell you that you have psychic power, that you should you should train your psychic muscle. I have. And I do have really good instincts. Yeah. And so the whole God thing, like Marianne Williamson, you know, and there's a lot of other really amazing personal development. Like even Tony Robbins talks about God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I just, I relate it because I don't really necessarily, I don't want this to become like a religion thing, but I don't really believe there's a male God in the sky. I I think there's like a higher power of sorts. Like there's vibrations. I believe in energy. Yeah. But that's science. Like the law of attraction is actual science. Yes. And I, I I argue Ben on this all the time. He's like, no, the law of attraction is bullshit. I'm like, Ben, the law of attraction is science. Everything has energy. Literally everything has energy. Like this microphone has energy. This, this painting next to us has energy. Everything has energy. Vibrations is like, it's an actual thing and like attracts like. Yeah. And that's a big reason why we moved to the country too. I couldn't be in the big city anymore. Yeah. There was too much negativity. It just made me, brought me down. Yeah. But what I was saying is like, when I went to the Tony Robbins seminar, I remember every time he said like the God thing, I was, I just related that to being like, oh, like, you know, the universe. Yeah, so that's I just, how I see I just it thought, too. But it uh, took yeah. me a while. It took me a while to get over that word, God. You know, Why? Because you thought it was a bit like, because you weren't really raised super religious. Well, no, I mean, I grew up in a Jewish family. Your dad grew up in a French-Canadian kind of Christian family. Catholic family. But they weren't Catholic. Like, the French-Canadians are really interesting people. They were so badly treated by the church that they are all so agnostic. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was like, that's why there's so little marriage in in Quebec. Oh. Yeah, a lot of people just don't even get married. There was a big, I mean, there are the religious people in Quebec, but there, there was a big anti-religion kind of sentiment going on. Anyway, so, this is boring. Yeah. I don't like talking about religion. Okay. Anyways, back, <laughs> back to the whole spiritual growth thing. So yeah, I kind of think of it more as a, I'm a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what were we talking about right before that? Um, things that affected me in my life or the moments. Oh yeah. Okay, wait. I want to hear, like, give me some points. Like what... Did you learn in your 20s that you wish you knew? Just, like, wise words from a 52-year-old. Oh, my God. In my 20s. Like, relationships, um, self-growth, like, anything. Yeah. I I guess it was to treat my body with a little more respect, you know? But, you know, I kind of... I'm someone very different from you in the respect that I live in the moment. I mean, I met your dad three months later. We moved in together. Next thing you know... Popping out some babies. Well, two and a half years later, I got pregnant by accident, and <laughs> we kept it. So we kept her. Hi, Cece. Celeste. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, but... Sorry, I, there's construction in the back. It's so annoying, but continue. But, so, I can't really say that I regret anything, but the lessons that I learned that I, I think that I would have been um, kinder to myself, you know? Like how? Well, you know, I have battled my weight my whole life, and not in a way that, you know you and other girls your age do I was heavy like you know you weren't obese oh, like well, you were never more than I was always I'm five foot one and a bit and I was always a size 12 if not more but okay that's time. that's Canadian sizes that's like that I don't know UK so that's different but, but this way I, I was at the top the high I was always a large Okay, a and large, I, yeah. but you weren't like an XXL. No, no, no. I, I, that happened after children and stuff. I even, you know, well, anyways, that's a whole thing. Okay, whatever. That doesn't yeah. matter. But no, I think that I would have been kinder to myself. I think that we young girls or young girls are really hard on themselves. Yeah. And, and 
They oh don't, my God, and, noise. and girls don't support other girls the way they should when they're young. No, we don't. No, and, and that well, is, I try to now, but like I remember in high school, like we're just kind of doing our own thing. Oh, like when you guys were little, it was just awful watching because girls are so mean to each oh other. Oh my god, I hate I hated girls when I was in middle school, they, and unbelievable. And and I and I think that there was a bit of that when I was younger too. You you're in a different generation. We used to wear sweatpants and big baggy shirts. We didn't want to show off our bodies. Now girls are just like tight. You know, I remember so. So funny, dropping you off at the movies. That was Celeste. Is, oh, it was Celeste. Dropping Celeste off the movies with her girlfriend, because I used to have a double T rule, no tits, no tummy. And she had a big sweatshirt on. And as I'm pulling away, I see her in the back mirror, lifting her arms up and taking the sweatshirt off to some slutty little outfit to go to the movies. No, but this is the best part of the story, is before you guys left the house, she came downstairs wearing that slutty top, and you were like, no, go put a sweater on. That's not You're not leaving the house this way. Yeah. And then she took it. <laughs> and then did you, did you call her back to the car? I can't remember. Oh my god. I can't god. remember, but oh my god, the things, you know, I'm sure I would have done the same thing if I was you guys, you know. But, you know, the other thing in life, I think, when you're in your 20s is is not to put all your eggs in one basket. Like, don't think that guys are the be-all and end-all. Empower yourself. Yeah. Because I, I think that we do, um, young women do so much just to keep a guy. Get attention from a guy. get attention from a guy. And they're not building themselves up. And really, there's nothing sexier than a woman who is knows what she wants and that's empowered. That's so true. And I've been there, too. Like, I remember even, like, two years ago, like, I would just kind of only care about, like, what this guy that I'm currently, you know, crushing on cares about me. And I would always try to, like, change myself to cater to him. You know what I mean? That's not sexy. It's not. It's so not sexy. No, and all they really want is to get into your pants because if you are sexy in a different way, you know, and by being empowered, they're intrigued by you. Like if you're confident and you're like, eh, I don't need you and I'm not going to give you what you want because you want it kind of thing, then it's so much sexier. Absolutely. But I wish I knew that younger because like, unlike you, like I obviously did everything at a younger age and like, I don't know, I think it was more of a generational thing, but like I went on dates younger and like lost my virginity younger and stuff and like... I remember just, if I could go back in time from 22 to, like, 15, I wish I would have been like Mimi. Guys aren't everything. You're you're not going to find your soulmate this way. Like, just, just stop caring so much what they think about you and, like, stop trying to be this person that you're not. And, like, don't be promiscuous and, like, don't, you know, like, kiss a random guy. I guess, like, I don't know, I wasn't sleeping around that much at 15, but, like, I think it was later on in life. Um, oh, God. What, what am I? Okay, I'm just going to stop rambling now. Anyway, um, <laughs> Ben, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think that's so true. It's just, like, not being so caught up in what guys think of you and, like, just realizing that the guy you're meant to be with, it, it's probably not one of these guys that treats you this way, you know? Um, I think it's really important also to when, if you decide to do that, listen, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, having fun, having fun and all that stuff, but you ought to own it. That's it. it. Also do it. Like if you're, if you're in that mentality, like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to have fun tonight. Like I deserve this. Like, sure. Go for it. But if you're doing it like with, in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, oh, I really like feel insecure today and I need attention and I need love. Like then that's something else. And I think, you know, when you're in each mindset, I've had both of those mindsets and it's just like, you can tell. Um, so I want to talk about like 
uh, relationship. So I want to talk about you and dad because like dad was your first legit boyfriend, right? He was the first guy that I was seeing for longer than a month. Yeah. I, I was a very late bloomer. Let's just say being chubby growing up, I always felt I, I kind of, you know, I protected myself. I was friends with all the guys and, but I really kind of, um, didn't jump into any relationship. And then when I got older, let's just say, um, I think it was like 20 or 21. I was like embarrassed that I was still a virgin. You were a virgin at 20? At 20, yeah. Fuck, okay. Yeah. I was, I was embarrassed at that point. I had lived in Europe for a yeah. year. Oh, wait, did you even tell the guy Oh, yeah. It, you know, it, it, in the end, at, when I was 20, it was uh, in university and I was friends with this guy and I just said, I'm just so, f-, and he was my friend and I just said, I'm so fed up with just this. I just want to get it over with and sleep with someone one night and it'll be done. Well, needless to say, that was the guy. <laughs> So we just, you know, did each other service and, um, and then I took off and I went to Europe and I had a lot of fun because I had this dream that I was going to meet the guy. I was yeah, so this be is with. part yeah. of your psychic ability is tell the yeah. story. Well, so when I was, I, my first degree is in art history and I realized about six months, what one term left to my degree that I did not want to go into the gallery world. I didn't like the people in it and it just wasn't for me. And I had already lived in Europe for over a year before and I had this dream that when I I came back, I was going to meet the guy I was going to marry, and I was damned if I was not going to have some fun. So I took off with one semester left so that I'd be, I'd have to come back to Canada because I thought if I waited till I finished, I would never come back to Canada. Mm. And so I took off for eight months and I actually came here just like you did at yeah. 21 at, with a working holiday visa. Wow. And I got a job on Fulham Road in a restaurant and I traveled, worked, made some money, traveled, and I had a lot of fun. I went to, <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this in front of you, but I, I went to conquer a few countries. Then, okay. you know, I figured if I'm going to have fun, I'm going to go okay. have fun. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't so, I, so I had like a one-week relationship and a month-long relationship. And then I came back and in the first class back was your dad sitting in that class. And you guys met in class. We did. We did. And you sat in his seat. No, he sat in oh, my he seat. Sat in so it was seat. a small lecture hall. And we, um, like maybe 40 people. And I always sat in the same seat. And I think within three weeks, one day I came in and he was sitting in my seat. He got there early to sit yeah. in your seat because so I went nervous to, sit to talk bes- to you. Yeah, so I went and sat beside him and we started chatting and he just wasn't asking me out. And then Valentine's Day came around and I, I think I said to my sister, um, I really like this guy, but he's not asking me out. And she's like, you ask him out. So I used to wear that. That's so Pam yeah. to say that. So I, I used to wear these black overalls and black t-shirts. I always, I always wear black. And... Um, I embroidered a soul heart on my, on my You embroidered overalls. a little heart? A little heart. And then I was, was going to... red? It was pink. Okay. And then I was going to ask him that night to uh, to go on a date. And then I bumped into him in the, in the metro before school and got all nervous. But then I asked him out. I actually had just purchased my first bag of clay. My, so my mom and dad have an, an uh, art company. Um, oh, we have a studio. A yeah. studio. Yeah, they both do art. My mom's a ceramic artist. My dad's a glass artist, so yeah. she literally bought her first bag yeah, of clay. Yeah, because I, was, I finished my art history and degree, but I started date, taking stuff. And so then we you, made a sculpture our first date. Oh my God, the cutest thing ever. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And then, and then, well, we moved in three months after we met, just because in Montreal, you know, rents were changing. July 1st was when everybody moved, and we just figured it was cheaper. We'd have, we were either one person's or the other, and we just took it from there. If you would have told me 30 years ago I'd still be with that guy, I wouldn't have said no way. But, really? Yeah. But So you moved in with him after three months. Yeah. Can we just talk about this? Yeah. So let's bring it back to like 
advice for listeners right now, like moving in with a boy, like, do you think, like, cause everybody says like, if you do it too early, you can fuck up their relationship. You like, know, there's, I don't think there's a rule to anybody. I think everyone's different. Really. I, it depends on who you are. Really. We you know we, our first date was Valentine's day, but we didn't technically start dating till a little bit later. And it, we were just inseparable and, yeah. you know, both being students, both paying whatever we were paying, it just made sense to move in together and see how it went. Yeah. I don't think either of us thought it'd be forever. Really? Yeah. We just didn't think. I think we just didn't think. But dad doesn't, does dad live in the moment as much as you? Well, back then he probably did. He yeah. was on his third degree and he was just, you know, we just fell totally in love. Oh my God. Oh yeah. My God. I know. It's kind of cute, That's huh? so cute. Yeah. So fast forward like 20 years, like being in a relationship with somebody for 20 years, both of you have always been faithful. Like there have never been. Yeah, now 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. 30 years. But yeah. I'm saying like, you know, let's fast forward to, you know, like the 20 year mark. Okay. okay. Well, there was a lot of shit in the early years. I know. Cause like, know? obviously when, when you had kids, like yeah. what, like what were like the biggest fights? Like, and how did you our get fights, through that? Our fights were often money related. Money. Because listen, your Not dad. Not kids. I thought they were kid well, related. Well, some of that happened too, but I think a lot of it was because we were young. Well, he wasn't that young. You have to remember dad, dad's eight years older than me. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was 33 and I was three weeks shy of 26 when I had Celeste. And then you came around at 30 and your dad doesn't like working for other people. He's a real creative, interesting guy who just likes to do new things. And I guess he felt that he had to do something to pay for support the family. Right. So he was forced to do things that he necessarily didn't want to do. Working for other people and stuff. Yeah. He didn't work for other people for too long, but then he still had a job. He had to make money. He couldn't just do creative things. And I probably being home all the time for a little, you know, you get, there's things that happen when you have children, right? Like what? Well, you know, your life changes. They're going off to work and you're sitting there with your kids all the time, you know, and you know, and then he's like, well, I have to babysit tonight because you're going to go out. And I'm like, you're not babysitting. You're a, you're their parent. You're parenting. Yeah. You know, so like things like that, that I think a lot of people go through, um, you know, it wasn't always bad. Let me, let me tell you, just there are moments. I think every relationship has its ups and downs, just like any business does. You know, we had this conversation when we went for dinner the other night with Ben and we were talking about this and I actually just want to highlight something. You said that all of the fights happen when you're both in kind of lower points in within yourselves. Yeah. So when you both were kind of not so happy with where you are um, yourself, yeah. then that's where a lot of the fights happen. So Absolutely. I guess you could say that a good trick for a long-lasting relationship is for both people to go through that personal growth, like always work on themselves and have their own thing and be happy within themselves and then I work think that's together. Cute. I think it's really, I think that the reason our marriage has, has done so well, and now we're just, you know, obviously in a, in a phenomenal time right now, Yeah, um, is that there's two tricks. One is that you have to grow together, but you need to also grow separately. You can't always be together. You have to have some passions that you share, but I think there's important to have that, that, that separate time as well. I think it's more important for me to be honest with you than it is for your dad. I think I think um, a lot of men who they don't have as many friends as women do. Not mm-hmm. that your dad doesn't have any. He does. You're, yeah, you're very yeah, but he has his passions. He loves his djembe drumming. He loves his you know ecstatic dancing, and he's yeah. like, he would love to share that with me. I and am, his veganism. I am, My I dad's am, a total hippie. By the way, I am so not fucking interested in going to dance with a bunch of people in the middle of a room like that. Yeah. Is just not me. Or like go drumming. But then he would never want to go like. 
what? Well, I do go to Vegas and socialize. Yeah, so well, I'm doing I'm doing my my Arbonne thing, and I'm traveling. I love traveling, and I'm going to go to you know do things with my girls. You know, I love that. I, I also really love to be alone. Mm-hmm. And your dad loves his alone time too. No, he misses you. But but I think that I think he misses me. He would like me being around even more. So, yeah. but I think it's still. But back to you need to grow together and apart. So a lot of the people that we know, um, there were like phases of divorce when you were growing up. You know, there's I think when kids were like seven, eight, there was a bunch of divorces happening. Oh, really? And then again, when your kids go off to university, there's a lot of relationships that break up. Oh. And I think those relationships break up because. They have nothing in common anymore. And when their kids are gone, there's nothing holding them together. Your dad and I are both artists, right? Yeah, and you had you work together and, every day. And, you know, even though we never worked in the same space in the studio, we still work together on certain projects. And, and we have a shared love of art. We love going to museums together. We love talking about creating projects together. So we have that shared passion. But I think when you don't have any shared passion, that that's that's really hard on a relationship. Mm. Yeah. But then you also need to kind of grow separately and not be together 24-7. For me, that's important. Some relationships are not like that. You know, you have some friends that you know that we were with last night. Like they would, they would, she would love to be with her boyfriend all the time. They connect really, really well when they're always together. I think it really depends on the person. Yeah. For me and my relationship, that's been the key. Yeah. And, and I still find your dad awfully bloody cute. I know you, you know guys, are, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just going to paint you guys a picture right now. <laughs> Like, Charlotte, my cousin, and I, when we have, like, family functions, we'll be watching my mom and dad in the corner, and they don't know anybody's watching them, and they'll be, like, cuddling and kissing and, like, you know, caressing each other, and it's fucking adorable. Like, they're so in love. We also can fight, but we, but I like fighting's not a bad thing. Why? Well, because I think kind of, you know, gets you a little bit, you know, gets, pun- the fire you know, gets a little fire going. You know, I don't know. We We can disagree. There are many things that we're never going to agree upon. You know? But I think the types of fights are really important. Yeah. Like when Ben, like when Ben and I first started dating, um, like our first few big fights, there were certain things that like we had to change because like I'm so sensitive and vulnerable when we fight. I'm not an aggressive fighter with him. With my sister, I am. But with Ben, it's completely different. I'm such a fragile little girl, and like I think he was more used to being a bit more like. I don't care right now. Give me time away. Whatever. We're not going to deal with it right now. So, like, we've had to, like, work really hard to, like, fight differently. Because I'm not going to try to avoid fighting because I think fighting is healthy too. But, like, we're just trying to fight differently so that, like, our fights don't end up becoming way bigger than they need to. Um, So, like, now we try to deal with it kind of, like, then and there. And, like, communicate better and not keep things in and certain things. Yeah, and well, like, I'll tell you, he this. has to be more sensitive to me sometimes, like little things, because I'm like such a crybaby. Well, you know, your dad and I still argue, obviously, from time to time, and often it still goes back to the same old arguments from way, way back. And there's not, it's not going to change. Really? Yeah, there's still certain things that are just like, you know, it'll come back to, you know, the, you're not spending enough time here, or you do this, or like the, whatever it is, little things, because I think we we tend to focus on things that still bother us about the other person, but. I think that a a big thing that happened and the personal development really came into this is that I can only control what I do and, and I can't change certain things about, I can't change anything about your dad. No, but like, or the things that bother me. So I've just learned to really let certain things go. 
And see what if the benefits still outweigh the costs. Oh, the benefits still outweigh the costs. I, I think the other trick to a really solid relationship, and, and my mother told me this one, so I don't even know if she ever listens to this, but, you know, there was a point when your dad and I were having a hard time, and she's just like, you know, go home and make a list. First of all, she never wanted to hear the bad stuff because she loves Pierre and she didn't ever want, she knew we'd get back together or we would be, we'd mm. make up and she didn't want to have a bad feeling about him. And so she just said, go home, make a list of all the positive things, all the negative things. Because trust me, there's always going to be positive and negative. And when you know what they are too, you know, that's really key. And, and there were so many more positives that outweighed the negatives. You and, wrote down a list. Yeah, I did. I wrote down the list. And, and the other thing that I think is a real trick that someone once told me is to never fall out of love at the same time. Because like anything, relationships are ups and downs. And I think that it's not like you're falling out of love, really. But, but don't have a lull with the other person at the same time. Don't really be hating on them when they're hating on you. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, yeah. you know, there's just like, I don't, I don't know how to really express that. But one thing I can say is that obviously not every relationship should last forever because we have one life. But working on a relationship, whether it ends up that it turns out well or not, it deserves to be worked on, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a healthy-ish relationship, yeah, again, obviously. Yeah, again, it all goes back to standards. It, it so does. that's why when Ben and I first had our big fights, I was like, I cannot have this, like, we can't fight this way. Like, my standard won't allow it. So, and it was not just about him, it was about me. I don't me. think standard's the right word. I think I'm you, you, you couldn't handle no, it. It's not a standard. It was, it's a standard for myself. So yeah, because you know yourself well enough. No, it's like after like this is what Tony Robbins says in his se- in his seminar. It's like your life is only as good as your standards. So whatever standard you have is what you're gonna accept. So my standard was like I can't have these fights that like go way beyond what they should be, and like I can't I fight this way, and I can't like I'm not good when I react this way, and like it was more of a selfish thing, but like that's why like I set that standard. And I was like, all right, good, you know what I mean. Like with other things too, it's like with let's just use a a work example with like paid posts on Instagram it's like if a company's like okay I can only afford x amount and that's like way less than what I usually charge even if I fucking want the money I'm still like nope my standard is this like no you know you have to have standards because then you want to start accepting less and less and then that standard will just slightly go down every few weeks and then it'll end up just way lower so I think with anything in life having a high standard is really important and like if if your standard is is having like all these amazing things out of this man for a relationship but then like a few little things can kind of you can shove under the rug and that's fine but I think like they they should all mostly be good you know what I mean oh absolutely but I think when you're talking about your relationship and your standard when it comes to arguing with with your partner I think your standard is a direct relation to the way you feel inside when someone when there's still something going on. There's other people that need to walk away and think about yeah, it. My standard to is to deal with it then and there. Because that's what you need. But yeah, but other, that's because it's my standard. Right, because it affects you in a, that yeah, emotional and that's, way. Yeah, and that's selfish, absolutely. but that's how I want to live my life. And right. it's working. So oh, we fight absolutely. so well now and we both in, enjoy it more. Absolutely, but some other people might need to take a break mm-hmm. and calm down before they get back into it. It depends on what that person, how that person works. Mm-hmm. And you just don't work that way. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I need to let your dad chill and walk away because he can't hear me also having that standard for yourself like i think obviously you and dad are fabulous match made in heaven and you'll be together forever and i think ben is god i hope we will because we'll sure let down a whole bunch of people yeah you will um and i think um you know but i've seen friends and stuff like date guys that are just so 
below them, like, not below them in, in, like, a mean way, just, like, just not up to their standard. You know what I mean? Like, I feel Or don't like, make them the best self. You have to be with someone who's going to make you... Yes, that's help it. Help you be your best So self. I've seen friends date guys, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, this guy, like, you could do way better, and you could be such a better human with this guy. You know what I mean? And I think that's important, too, is, like, like, that's why it took me so long to finally get a boyfriend, because cause Ben's my first boyfriend, because I had such a high standard with guys that I wanted to be in a relationship with, and Ben was the only one that I've ever met who has met that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I don't know. So I think standards are everything. That's my... I also think we gravitate towards the right person if we open ourselves up to it. Mm-hmm. I really think it's important not to be searching and searching for somebody. Well, in this day and age, everybody's it. on like uh, yeah, Bumble. Yeah, I, I, I am seri- I'm so grat- grateful that I am I'm not in that situation. I can't imagine. Maybe it's my generation. You yeah, guys but that's how we date now. I know it's such a... It's a very odd... <laughs> but I guess you get through more people, so you find your soulmate faster, maybe? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Absolutely. But things don't happen as organically. You know what? Maybe you were meant to be on that platform because the right person was going to be on it. Exactly. So maybe. there you go. I, you know, it's just a different world. Yeah, maybe that's the universe bringing you together in its own yeah. way. Um, but wow, we're already at 45 minutes, Mommy. Oh my God, well, can't you edit out the bad stuff? There's no bad stuff. <laughs> what bad stuff? That was so know. good. That was so good. It's fun. We should do this more often. I love yeah. chatting to you. Your voice is so maternal. I'm going to listen to this when I'm home <laughs> I'll do a meditation for you. Oh my God, yes. Edit meditation uh, for Mimi. You should. Okay, so thank you guys so much for listening. It was such a pleasure. Love you all. Make sure to rate and review this podcast because I really need your ratings. For some reason, my podcast went from five stars to 4.5 stars and I got really sad. So I think it's because I spoke about Botox in one of my podcasts and someone was like, Botox is bad. Probably you, mom. (laughs) Um, So yes, please give it five stars because it really helps me. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.